What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I gotta tell you about our friends over at Lightshade Dispensary, where right now they've got Escape Artist, which is the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado that prioritizes quality and consistency. They have ratios available in 1 to 1 and high ratio CBD 20 to 1. They've got you covered, and they're always using the best materials and ingredients to deliver the premium experience. And they have 11 locations in the Denver metro area, and if you are a connoisseur or a casual consumer, you can get it all over there at Lightshade Dispensary. They cater to everyone. And if you use the code DNVR, you'll get 25% off each and every purchase, whether you're online at Lightshade Dispensary or whether you're in one of the locations. So check them out over at Lightshade Dispensary and use the code DNVR for 25% off. All right, Ryan, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only. here at the dnvr bar and today the a stands for all caps <laughs> oh baby if you, don't know what, if you don't know what i'm talking about uh then you should go find out it's it's because we're so excited right i am excited for nathaniel hackett in all caps yes me too ryan and i'm so thankful for this community and for everyone here, really, it, it's been a, uh, a wild day and what a day for Broncos country. And man, we got to meet Nathaniel Hackett. And I'll tell you what, he's Mr. All Caps. He is a guy who just brings so much energy. And from meeting him for the first time today, Ryan, what I'll say about him is A today stands for authentic. This mm. dude is so authentic. And it's tough to say that about head coaches typically because, you know, they, they've just been on this media tour and they've been the offensive coordinator somewhere for so long, especially him. He grew up around football. His dad was famous. And typically he, this guy could be on, on a different level here, but he is just such an authentic dude. I think Broncos country is going to love him just like I love the comment section in this community. Yeah, man. I mean, look, I want to preface this by saying, Everyone loves the coach after the first press conference. Of course. Um, it's hard to lose the first press conference. In fact, it happened just this last year with Nick Sirianni and the Eagles. Yep. And it was like, oh, yep. God, yep. how do you not win the first press conference? Uh -huh. But, you know, not everyone will. But it, it does feel like every time, you know, we've, we've actually done, we've done too many of these. Yep. Um, and every time you do love them. But what I will say is this was a different style. Yep. And, and they're always going to be different. But I really liked, and I think that, what Nathaniel Hackett brings is the right style at the right time for the Denver Broncos. You know, I was driving over here and just thinking about some of the players that I've talked to over the last year and how worn out they, they seemed um, just with the culture and the coaching style and like the way that they complained was not in this, like, man, I don't like the coach. It was in this, like, yeah, man, like, it's just a, it's a lot, you know? And it was like this – it just felt like everyone was worn down. And then yep, yep. you go get Nathaniel Hackett, who, you know, in the literal sense, reflects a lot of light. And <laughs> it, it, figuratively, he is a beam of light. Yeah. Uh, that press conference today was just so refreshing. You know, we talk about the Broncos being bad and boring. And they were also, like, bad, boring, and – Bland? Per bland, yes. <laughs> yeah. The killer bees. Bad, yeah. boring, and bland. Broncos. And this is one thing that you bring to step in the right direction, right? Yeah. They're not going to be bland anymore. Yep. Nathaniel Hackett has so much energy, so much color. He just has this fun – you know, he's someone you want to be around, and he talked about making the Denver Broncos facility a great place to work. Yep. And it's like, God, this is so refreshing. So while – I do always, you know, I, I tweeted out. I'm like, I'm not going to say he's the next great head coach. 
I say I'd love to be friends with him. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. he seems really cool. Love to have him at the bar. Yes. Love to have a couple beers with him. I'm uh, not ruling that out. I think that's oh, very much in the cards. Absolutely it is. And Ryan, just talking about that energy and passion he brings, it, this is a very, very small thing. But he's going to have music at practices. He said, of course I'm going to have music. And then on top of that, it's going to be the guy's music. It's not going to be, you know. His music. It, exactly. Timberlake. It's not going to be JT. <laughs> Maybe a sprinkle of that. It's not going to be Star Wars, even though he, we know he's going to love to embrace that. Uh, and just everything about this is going to be designed for fun. Hard work, of course. But when we talked to Vic Fangio two years ago, it was about hard work. What, it, what came out of his introductory press conference? It was death by inches and that's something we rallied around i'm not gonna lie everyone oh, yeah. in denver rallied around well, because that because it was it. the right message it, exactly but that was the message the message from nathaniel hackett there's not one line that you yeah. point to it's just wow this is a dude that players are going to love playing for this is a dude that coaches are going to love being in the building for and now of course as the comment section is saying you got to win for all of these things to happen which is a hundred percent true but going into a season People are going to be excited. And then if they're 500, there's go it's going to be the optimistic 500 inside the building instead of the, oh, this again, right? And, and that that that's the culture that needed to change. That's the leadership that Nathaniel Hackett's bringing, not, you know, one statement that's a couple of words long that you, that you live by that's eventually going to come bite you in, in the butt when things go wrong. But there's not one thing. There's not a headline from this of, you know, three words, and this is what the Denver Broncos are going to be. It's not that football mind. And I wouldn't have actually been surprising if it was growing up around football his whole life. This is just a dude that's going to make the Denver Broncos a better place to be and a more fun thing to watch. Absolutely. And, and you know, that was something that both he and George Payton mentioned. And I'm glad that they're – it sounds almost silly sometimes when they say, like, we need to be more exciting for our fans. Yeah. And it's like – it feels weird, but it's true. I mean, this is the whole entire business is entertainment. Yeah, that's what it is. And the Broncos have have lacked entertainment top to bottom yep. um, over the last few years. Uh, and, and literally, an entertaining coach, very small piece of the puzzle. But again, it, this is the bu the business is entertainment. Yep. So if the coach, if the fans are entertained by the coach, who happens to bring a style of offense that's entertaining, on top of that. Obviously, you need a quarterback if you're going to do that. But all of this stuff builds together to eventually be a successful franchise. Um, we talk about needing to have four people on the same page. For a long time, it's been one for the Broncos. One person, it was George Payton this year. Um, he was the one. You need a head coach. You need a quarterback. You need a general manager. And you need an owner all on the same page. Well, congratulations, Broncos. You've made it to step two. Yep. You've yep. got a general manager and a head coach who are clearly on the same page. Um, do you go as far as to say bromance? Because it feels like these two guys are, are totally in sync and just want to hang. If you're a boss and, uh, and someone underneath and you a boss and an employee, uh, where do you get a job offer finalized? Probably in an office, right? In a tall building. Or I guess Broncos don't have a tall building, but in an office. If you're a bromance and you just want to hang out with someone, where do you get a deal done? Where do you get it pretty much finalized? At the bar? Uh, well, how, about, <laughs> how about a little Mexican joint? Yeah. And that's exactly, yes. I mean, that's as close to a bar as the Broncos were going to get. And that's where George Payton said today, that's when the deal was done. Now, not officially, not. Uh, it's not like they hit it for, for 48 hours, but that's where George Payton said, this is my guy. And so one of the things that I thought was so cool from George Payton, they had uh, a four-and-a-half-hour interview their first time around when George Payton went out to Green Bay. George Payton met with him for 30 minutes on, on his own during that interview. So George only got 30 minutes of one-on-one -on -one time with him, but he loved it. So then he brings Nathaniel out, and George already really likes everything about Nathaniel. So Nathaniel's in town for eight or nine hours, in the building for eight hours, and George didn't get any sit-down time with him, no one-on-one -on -one time. He said, I want to let this guy go be with other people, uh, just expose himself to other people to make sure that other people like him just as much as I do. exposing himself to people it's, in the building. It, it's a bold move, but <laughs> it, it paid off. Uh, and then, Ryan, something we found out today, on Tuesday morning, George Payton and Nathaniel Hackett had a two-and-a-half-hour Zoom, one-on-one. -on -one, My and nightmare. <laughs> two-and-a-half-hour Zoom. <laughs> Just one-on-one. 
imagine how awkward that could be. Yeah. But it wasn't at all because they have that bromance. And that's that's where it starts, Ryan, is that connection. And that's just what's so important here. And we heard Nathaniel talk about it. Uh, communication is everything for him. And this is just a guy where he's going to connect with everyone. Absolutely. Um, everything he said was just so refreshing to hear. Um, I really liked how he was a, a little nervous at the beginning. Not nervous and like an, a, a scared to speak publicly, but like so just overwhelmed by the moment in, in a good way. I would say nervous excitement. Yes, he was know? just so excited, so happy to be there. He's like, I feel like anxious. He just wants to get to work. He's yeah. like ready to you know do it, talking about how he wants to meet all of the media and all that stuff. And it's just, um, it's really, really nice to see. Nice. And I think... When you talk about you hire the opposite, well, the Broncos clearly did that. And, and this isn't to dunk on Vic Fangio or, you know, try to drag him through the mud. He's just – he is the opposite of what we're talking about right now. He's very much, you know, a football guy with football principles and, you know, isn't all that interested in anything other than football. Yeah, he, he's very authentic in, in who and he is that's and he doesn't who try he to is. hide it. And, and I respect Vic Fangio for that by just being who he was and – you know, he wasn't going to necessarily try to change who he was to try to be what everyone thought he needed to be. And for better or for worse, you know, I think it ended up being for worse in that position. But at least he can, you know, go to sleep at night saying, hey, I was me. I tried to do it my way. Nathaniel Hackett is also doing that. He is unapologetically himself. He loves people. He loves relationships. He loves teaching. And he's going to get an incredible opportunity to do that. And I feel like he feels really comfortable with who his boss is and what they expect of him, and what they want is for him to go be himself. Um, and I just can't stop saying that word refreshing enough. And we, we talked to him off on the side for about five minutes as a media scrum as well. And he was asked a question about the Broncos' ownership. You know, did you have any questions about that? And he said, yeah, you know, I, I asked some questions about that. But it's the Denver Broncos. I'm, I'm the head coach of the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are always going to be the Denver Broncos. And it was, it was so much excitement on him. And that's something that we haven't had from a leadership standpoint for a long time. Uh, I mean, you look at Joe Ellis, and we've talked about it. Joe Ellis is, is, is done with this job. George Payton is, is a very good CEO person, I would say. But it's not like he's excitable. Now you have that guy who's just going to bring passion and energy and Ryan one of my favorite things about him is it really does feel like he understands what he doesn't know and what he needs help with and specifically game manager I never thought that would get people excited to talk about oh, baby he wants and I'm not talking about the quarterback position he is all about a game manager. He said he's going to have a game manager, and when asked, I believe by Mace, if it's going to be uh, one specific person and that's their only job, or if it's going to be like a coach that also has game manager, and he said that's a fantastic question. That's something we're going to dive into, but I want to make sure that I have all the help I need in crucial situations because I'm going to be make, making those calls, but I'm going to have a lot on my plate, and I want to make sure that I, I, I have people helping me and the right things in place, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, this guy's not coming in pretending he can do 100 jobs at once, especially in crucial situations, because we've, we've seen what that, what that does. People, that was maybe the biggest downfall of Vic Fangio, especially this past year. So for Nathaniel Hackett to come in, say, I'm calling plays, which he, he's, ta he's taken authority there, he's taken over a big role, uh, but then also saying, but I'm going to need some help, and that's okay, and I'm going to surround myself with good people. That is also a huge part of leadership, and management you know leadership is not walking in here and saying i can do it all yep. i got this yep. i've got everything and i think a lot of people think that is no leadership is putting people that you trust in positions of power themselves and in empowering them to have an impact as well right and great leaders do that and you know if you look at pat bolin who was the greatest leader in denver broncos history that was something he really prided himself upon. Did he show up every single day at the facility and give his all to the franchise? Of course he did. But he wasn't, you know, disillusioned to think that he could do everything. And so he did delegate and he did, you know, um, surround himself with people he trusted. And, you know, a lot of people, I've seen some, some negatives, I guess, when it comes to um, him hiring essentially his best friend as defensive coordinator, which isn't finalized yet. Right. But, um, you know, it's it's very much – I think it was phrased by an insider. It would be an upset if he wasn't yep. the defensive coordinator. And I've seen a lot of negativity around that. Just, oh, yeah, well, yeah, you get hired and you go hire your friends. First of all, 
It's literally what everyone does. <laughs> Second of all, um, you need you need someone like that to that you trust 100% to run your defense. And you know what? If there's something that Nathaniel Hackett doesn't like that Ijiro Ivero is doing, boom, nailed it. Thank you. He's going to be able to go into his office and say, "Hey, man, I don't like this. You know, let's let's can we talk through this?" But you know, it's it's going back to what we talked about in, in other scenarios, like John Elway having Gary Kubiak around. John Elway was always at his best when Gary Kubiak was around because he had someone that he trusted to surround him. And his his we've always talked about that. His circle is very small. I don't know if Nathaniel Hackett is like that, but he's going to surround himself with people he trusts and empower them to lead. And I think that's really important. Yeah, it is really important. And, and also being able to have people around you that don't view you as boss and, and as God. So they can't say you're wrong on this. And I think that's a good, good start in the George Payton, Nathaniel Hackett era is it looks like they're, they're going to be able to give some pushback to each other. And that's what you hope with the coaching staff as well. By the way, just to go back to the, the coaching game manager, it is, I think impossible to do all of that yourself. Um, you, there's so much on a head coach's plate. Let's say in a two-minute drill, clock is running. You have one timeout left. You know, you're calling the plays yeah. as he will be. It just it makes no sense for him to sit there and say, I can handle the play call. I can handle any fourth down decisions that we might have. And I can handle the timeouts. Why would you not, in my opinion, have someone in the booth who that is their job? with a sheet in front of them, all the analytics, everything you need that can say, all right, so we have one timeout left. We have a minute to go this many yards. We can't use that timeout until X. Right. And make sure that we know that as soon as we use that timeout, you got to you know narrow down the playbook, make sure that anything we do either gets out of bounds or we have time to spike. But generally, based on this many yards, you have this many yards to go and you can still get a spike. Like, you can't be thinking all that in your head while you're trying to call yep. plays on yep. a, a, dr a drive to, to finish the game. So I and love you're doing yourself that. and your team a disservice if you think you can. If you think you can, because I just don't think anyone can. No, no. And it's it, like you said, leadership is being able to ask for help in the appropriate time. Not ask for help from a coach when you're like, hey, no time left. And you're like, do I call a timeout now? And they're like, well, I don't know. Uh, yeah. it's, it's about doing that now in January saying, you're going to be my game manager guy. Let's work through this so we know. And, Ryan, you said analytics, and that's a huge thing. And it's a big thing over at Sexy Pizza, too, because they have oh, 12, go. 16, and 18 inches. Isn't that kind of analytical right there? I mean, well, we're getting into some numbers. You know, as Nathaniel Hackett said, he's, I think he said numbers are a beautiful thing. Ah. 12, 16, and 18-inch pizzas, those are some beautiful numbers. Though, and it's Sexy Pizza. We're talking about beautiful right now. And nothing's more beautiful than a sexy pizza from our friends over at Sexy Pizza. You can go on to sexy.pizza to get their delicious pizzas. And they also do a very beautiful thing. They give back to the community. They are based here in Colorado, in Denver, and they give back to so many organizations. So if you want to help get one of their philanthropies, which gives back, and of course, just get some delicious food this week. I mean, we're going to be having a party here at DNVR tomorrow night. But how about on Sunday? You get pizza from Sexy Pizza to watch all of the football. So check them out. They have tons of locations here in Denver. Absolutely. Um, Nathaniel Hackett said that he's putting his name in the ring for sexiest coach in the NFL. Ah, yes. Sexy Pizza already got the title for sexiest pizza. <laughs> uh, all right. Also, I want to remind you to come down here. You, you mentioned we're having a big party tomorrow, and it's going to be awesome. But we're also having a big party tonight. In fact, yeah, we place are. is already starting yeah. to fill up a little bit, which is why uh, we actually have, uh, have to move on this podcast. But uh, come down, watch Nuggets and Avs on tonight, overlapping. Uh, should be a great time. It was a great time last time. I oh, I had too great of a time last time. Um, but, yeah, as soon as we're done here, Avs and Nuggets pregame shows. Then we'll hang out down at the bar. Then Avs, Nuggets postgame shows right here on the YouTube channel. Um, but, yeah, come down, hang out. And then tomorrow, the Goaties uh, should be amazing. Come here at 6 o'clock. We're yeah. going to have some fun stuff set up where you can, you know, take pictures right here if you want. Um, we'll do uh, some of the fan vote stuff, which if you watch the tailgate or any of the nugget stuff, you've seen that. Uh, and then we're going to have a really interactive live show as we unveil the winners of the goaties, but also play some really fun games that we've come up with. So come hang out with us here at the DNVR. Bar. Absolutely. And you got to check out our coverage of the American Raptors because the American Raptors are the Colorado rugby team that brings so many athletes from different backgrounds. They went five and five last year. And if you want to follow them, go to American Raptors and they, they've got, you got, they got all their 
their games for free on their website. And, of course, we've got the best coverage of American Raptors over at DDNVR.com. Our guy Colton Strickler does a fantastic job covering the team, and you can get free tickets to their games. So just go to AmericanRaptors.com and grab your free tickets when the season rolls around. All right, Zach. We've talked a lot <laughs> about the vibes uh, and – I consider myself an expert on vibes. Yeah, I would too. Um, I would consider you one as well. I consider both of us experts on football. So let's move into <laughs> a little football talk here. Um, what do you, you want, offense or defense first? Well, I actually want to bridge what we were just talking about with game management and analytics mm. because I think that that's something that's really important to people, especially after hearing like Brandon Staley talk about football this yep. year yep. and comparing that with the way Vic Fangio is talking about things. Yep. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett was not shy at all in saying that analytics are going to be a big piece of what he does. And, and I think it's important to say a piece, you know, obviously you can't rely all on analytics, but for him to say, essentially, these are tools that you can use to help you. And why would you not use all the tools that you can to help you just more stuff that's like, yeah, duh, thank you. Yep. Um, yeah. But I thought that was a big piece because I think you're going to hear quotes from him this year that that remind you of what you heard from Brandon Saley that went viral this year of him talking about why they do certain things decisions they made analytics making the right call all of that stuff he mentioned you know using the best tools you can to make the best decisions for the football team and isn't that exactly what you want every tool at your disposal you should use and that's exactly what he said he was going to do and Ryan a lot of people and I think probably even Vic uh, said that analytics are a piece. But when the, the person like Vic talks about it, he says, when asked about analytics, he says, yeah, that, that's a piece to, to the puzzle. What the approach that Nathaniel Hackett took was the complete opposite. Built up analytics to be such a good tool and then said, is that going to guide every decision? No, it's going to be very much part of the puzzle, though. And so that's when you really believe that analytics are truly going to be used. And they should be. I mean, this is the modern day NFL where you now have all of this information. You have someone in the booth doing game management, telling you what the analytics say to do. And Brandon Staley, man, he trusted the analytics a ton this year and came back to bite him a couple of times. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, I think, is going to kind of walk that line of, uh, do I want to go for it here? Uh, the analytics say yes, but it's 51%. I feel like this game flow is going the other way, so I'm going to go no. He's going to toe that line really well, and when he when he talked to us uh, off to the side, that's exactly what he said. He said, I'm going to have to have someone in my ear because I'm an aggressive coach, and I'm going to want, now I don't have to ask someone, are we going for it on fourth down? I get to make that call, and I'm going to want to go for it on every single fourth <laughs> down, but I'm going to need someone there kind of holding me back. But that's the type of philosophy that we're getting on game day now is a guy that wants to be aggressive. But if someone says, bro, you're on your own 31-yard line, you're, we're tied, don't go for it here, he's going to say, okay, okay, I'll punt this time. But if it's, you know, you're on their 31-yard line and you can ice the game by getting a first down, he's going to say, F it, let's go. And I love this. How many times have I talked about the players need to know right. what the coach's philosophy is in these situations. And I can already tell you, just based on that one comment, that if they're on the 46-yard line yep. going in and it's fourth and one, he's going to go for it. And I don't – I hate seeing players go halfway between the huddle and the sideline and they're looking over at the coach. They're waiting. Those players aren't going to do that. When they, when they look down and they see it's fourth and one – they're going to go right back into the huddle unless someone tells them otherwise. Yeah, on third and two, when they get in that huddle, they're going to say, we got two plays two. to get this. Let's do this. And as a play caller, you can call plays so much more freely if you're confident in yourself. Yep. You know, um, call a play that you think gets two yards. If it gets one, you know what you're, what play you're going to there. Um, love that. I'm actually glad that you mentioned that because that wasn't brought up in the main press conference right. and that type of stuff that fires me up. Yep. Yeah. It fires me up too. Uh, now speaking of fired up, I love that Nathaniel Hackett is calling the plays. He's, he's brought here to be the offensive mind. Uh, there was a little bit of uncertainty from some people. If he was going to call the plays, he is going to call the plays, which I love. And he said, he's so fired up to get back to calling plays because he did it for five years span when he was the, the offensive coordinator of the bills. And then the Jaguars, obviously Matt LaFleur's been calling plays in Green Bay. I love that he's fired up to get back out there. And there was some news right before we started this podcast that one of the front runners, probably the front runner, is not going to be able to be interviewed. Uh, the offensive line coach from the Packers, uh, Adam Stenovich, I believe that he was the front runner to become the Broncos offensive coordinator. The Packers said no. 
You're not interviewing him because it appears like Luke Getze is going to leave to the Bears to become their offensive coordinator, and it seems like the Packers are going to promote him to be their offensive coordinator. Sounds like a big deal. It's not really that big of a big deal now that Nathaniel Hackett's calling the plays. It's not like he identified that guy and said, you're going to be my play caller. Now we don't get you. What do I do? So not a big deal. We'll see what happens, and there's two kind of routes you can go here, right? Maybe he does bring back old friend Doug Marone, give him a job on the staff. Again, we both said that's not exactly going to fire us up. Right. What would fire me up is him going and getting, you know, the quarterback's coach from the Rams yep. or something like that that's like 32 and very forward-thinking, someone that he can groom underneath him the same yep. way that, like, Matt LaFleur did for him, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, there's – a lot that I think those types of coaches bring to the table. And that was, that was where Zach Taylor was at one point, you know, that's where I think Kevin O'Connell was yep. at one point. So bring in that guy that you can kind of help groom and bring that, you know, young influence to the team. Yep. yep. And that's exactly the feeling that I get from him is he's going to have a lot of young influence in, in his game, especially being around the college game for a, for a long time. All right. Moving on to maybe more of the X's and O's. Um, he was asked about his offensive philosophy, uh, and I mean, there couldn't be, in terms of things that we've griped about on this podcast, there couldn't be something that's more music to our ears than him saying, well, first of all, it's not about the system. Yeah. It's about the players. Yeah. And he said something later that goes to this, where he said, my favorite thing is when the players become the system. Yeah. And I was like, my God, it's like someone gave you a script of, what you can say to make <laughs> yeah. me happy right now. Someone maybe did give him a script. <laughs> Probably. It's definitely possible, but I think he believes that. Yeah. Um, he said, there's nothing that makes me happier than when the players become the system. So that's that was how he started. And then, of course, he gave a little insights on, you know, the West Coast um, influence that he has. He says, everything starts with outside zone, which, you know, um, Javante Williams oh, fist pumped when he heard yeah. that. Uh, and then play action pass off of that. And then, you know, again, to even make it more music to the ears of Broncos fans, he's talking about, ah, you know, I remember those long bombs, John Elway coming yeah, off play yeah, action yeah. and hucking it down the yeah. field. And so, yeah, you're, you know, he talked, he, he essentially said like Denver is one of the birthplaces yeah. of this offense, um, which it's kind of true, I guess, in, in a way, at least the modern, more modern versions of it. Um, but, you know, that is, what he taught what what he wants to be and like i mentioned from yesterday from that interview with nikki javali he's like look i want i'm i'm a west coast guy i want to be west coast but i want to be that kyle shanahan sean mcveigh explosive west coast i just love that he didn't come in here and say this is what we are we are west coast we are this offense we're gonna do exactly what we did in green bay he j just like he didn't have like the three words that are gonna define everything he does like uh death by inches he didn't have one thing that was going to define this offense, which is so important in the modern day, in, in NFL ever, but especially the modern day NFL is being able to adapt game by game, year by year, depending on who your quarterback is, depending, he even mentioned injuries. When an injury happens, you have to adjust. So it's not a three wide set and you're down to one receiver. Oh, well, you're still putting two practice squad guys out there. I mean, that's what the Broncos have been the past two years, three wide. If it doesn't work, I don't care. That's who That's I am. Who we are. We're running three wide. So it's built on outside zone. It's built around the players. And it's built by taking shots down the field. I mean, music to everyone's ears. That, that They love that because it's exciting. And he even mentioned about how that's exciting for the fans. And play action pass. Go look at the numbers of quarterbacks in normal situations versus quarterbacks on play action pass. In fact, Sean McVay kind of made it famous. You don't even have to run the ball yep. for play action pass to work. Now, yep. they run the ball a lot more now than they did. I think that that really became famous the year they made the Super Bowl. It was like they had CJ Anderson, you know, like out of nowhere and they did run the ball. But Sean McVay and I think um uh Brandon Staley talked about this too this year. Play action pass, you don't even have to be a good running team to be a good play action pass team. And this year, it was like Teddy Bridgewater was having his best plays off of play action still not nearly enough play action in the playbook i love that he mentioned that because it literally just makes life easier for the quarterback when you run play action pass so outside zone play action pass that is a beautiful base to run your system out of and again it's not so so specific 
that you can't make those changes. You can run outside zone and, and play action passes for anyone. It's about creating the best versions of those plays to showcase your talent. Okay, now let's hop over to the defensive side really quick, then hit quarterback, which everyone wants to know about. Defense, and I believe this was said in the off-the-side one. Uh, when asked about what he wants on defense, he didn't say 4-3, he didn't say 3-4, which I like. He's, he's opened everything, but what he said was two things. He wants mixed fronts and movement. And I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that because he said, you know what I don't want? I don't want mixed fronts and movement. I want to know what I'm getting. And he said, if if I look at a defense and I know what I'm getting, I love it. Yeah, so I, I And so it just goes back to something we've talked about way before Nathaniel Hackett was hired, Ryan. Do what you don't want to yes. see. Do what your opponents don't want you to do. And that's exactly what he said he's going to do. So regardless of who his defensive coordinator is, I expect a lot of movement before the snap from both the offense and the defense. And when I watch football, whether it's college, whether it's pro, and the, the defensive line is shifting right before the snap, I say, I love that. I mean, you're going to draw an offside. You're going to confuse someone. If you've mastered it, if you've got it down, then you're just giving yourself an advantage. Yeah. I mean, it's something that teams try to do a lot uh, to Peyton Manning. Sometimes it worked. Sometimes it didn't. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of things failed against Peyton yep. Manning. But I do remember, wasn't it that Atlanta game um, where Peyton really struggled in his first season? He, like, threw three interceptions yep. in the first half or yep. something like Almost that. Almost came back. Yeah. They they really were trying to confuse him at the snap by moving guys around, just creating chaos yep. in the middle of the field, um, and it's something that can really work. It's it's diff very different from what Vic Fangio was doing. Again, yeah. getting very different um, principles here, and I hope that on top of that it involves a lot of pressure, um, mm. especially when you're moving guys around because the you know the the quarterback doesn't know where it's coming from. He doesn't know where the zones are going to be. Uh, and if you get them to think for just an extra half second, then you can get there and get sacks. Absolutely. And then, Ryan, the quarterback position, he said the two things that he wants in a quarterback is toughness, both physically and mentally. He said because you're going to get hit a lot and you need to have that mental toughness to keep going. And intelligence huh, speaks right to me. That speaks right to me, baby. <laughs> uh, were you surprised by that? I was a little surprised by the answer there. Oh, what What did you think? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I thought maybe you'd hear like, yeah, you need a guy who can be a little bit mobile or just something like that. He was, I just, I don't, I don't know what I was expecting, but when I heard it, I was like, it's just a really interesting two things. You know, he only mentioned two things. Uh, the two things were just, I, I guess, not cliche, not what you hear everyone say. Right, right. Yeah, a very good point. And uh, when he was saying that answer and when I was typing it uh, on Twitter, I thought, boy, if he was hired last year, Mac Jones is probably the quarterback of this team. Wow. You definitely would get the intelligence part. I can't really speak to Mac Jones' toughness or not. I, I, I don't think you can knock him for the toughness, but yeah. also it's hard to know about that toughness. I, know, I think the mental toughness is there from just – Again, there's nothing that you would hurt him for, but we don't know if he's a hundred. I mean, uh, yeah, you that. you have to be mentally tough to succeed as a rookie in the NFL, right? Um, so I'll definitely give him that. But yeah, I mean, if if he values intelligence at that level, he would have really liked Mac Jones. And then Aaron Rodgers, we knew the question was going to be brought up, and we know that the Broncos can't really talk about Aaron Rodgers, so uh, they they kind of talked about it two different ways. One, George Payton was asked, "Is this a package deal?" Nathaniel Hackett and uh, Aaron Rodgers are coming, and George Payton, by the way, did a brilliant thing. With what this was that, dude? <laughs> that was so weird. He deflected so, the whole thing. He deflected the whole thing. So George. Payton Payton was asked the question, uh, and it was George Payton's first time talking today, and he said... Or at least answering. Exactly, yeah. And he said, first, I want to... Uh, my, my wife and kids are here for the first time, and just went off this whole tangent about his wife and kids, and then came back and said, and to your answer, absolutely... Or to your question, absolutely not. It was, uh, it was a great way of deflecting it. It was so interesting. <laughs> like, I was... The whole time I was thinking, like... Is this a Patrick Smythe stroke uh, of genius, or is this yeah. just coincidence? Yeah. His kid's like, wait, I've been here five times, Dad. What yeah. are you talking about? Um, and, and honestly, I just found the whole thing interesting. He easily could have said, like, I can't talk about players who are under contract with other teams. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of would have been more fun. But he did give the absolutely not, and I believe him. Mm -hmm. um, I do think, you know, we talked about it so much. You cannot hire your coach based off of the quarterback you think you might get with him. Yep. So I think that George Payton truly adores Nathaniel Hackett. And I think that the 
possibility of getting Aaron Rodgers is a, is a nice uh, you know a nice little addition on top. And man, I I am convinced. I said it yesterday, and now I'm convinced of it. I don't think Nathaniel Hackett coming to the Broncos changes Aaron Rodgers retiring versus not retiring. I don't really think it makes him change his way about how he feels about the Packers, if he's going to play for them or not. But the Broncos, in my uh, no doubt about it, are number one team he will go to if he decides to leave Green Bay. And man, the respect that Aaron Rodgers has for Nathaniel Hackett is off the chains. I wrote an article about it uh, and the respect that Nathaniel Hackett has for Aaron Rodgers. Not a surprise. He loves the guy he and loves him. you can't not a lot not not everyone says that about Aaron Rodgers and one of the things that he's I mean just gushing about Aaron Rodgers and again he could have used the excuse look I, I love Aaron Rodgers but I can't talk about guys that I've coached in the past no, no, no he didn't do that he said uh he just continued to go on about him and it felt like just uh hey Aaron we're here for you if, yeah. you, if you want to yeah absolutely I think you know Aaron Rodgers clearly loves Nathaniel Hackett, but after hearing from him, you know, and just seeing so much of him in the last couple, how could you not? Exactly. Like, I don't know how anyone could not like Nathaniel Hackett. Um, and and it's it's you know, as someone in the chat just said, it's the cherry on top of the Sunday, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Sunday's yep. still good without the cherry. In fact, uh, the cherry might actually be the worst part of the Sunday. No, um, maraschino cherry. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with a cherry. I'm just saying it's not as good. Oh, as, it's, it's the not, best part. It's not nearly it's as good as part. ice cream and chocolate fudge. I feel the I feel the worst because you have to eat the cherry first. Typically, I like to save the best part for last. So sometimes I, you know, bury it under my ice cream. How, there's no way anyone could say a cherry is better than ice cream. And a maraschino cherry is a cherry that is just it, it just been sitting in sugar, sugar. juice. <laughs> Anyways, aside from the point, uh, it, it, you know this is I think it's a nice little possibility, and I I would have loved I, I love somewhere out there. There's a video of this conversation because we now know that the Broncos recorded every interview. <laughs> yeah. I want so badly to yep. hear what that conversation was like yep yep i i do too and ryan speaking of potentially getting aaron Rodgers, DraftKings put up their odds to win super bowl 23 next year already and the broncos super bowl 20, oh 20 uh, of yeah, 2023, yeah, of 2023. you're right like, you're right super, super bowl 20. 57 is what that would be and the broncos i believe were plus 900 and that means the Broncos, are, or they, they were up there. They, maybe they were in the top 10 teams. That means they're hedging that the Broncos are going to get Aaron Rodgers. They, they like that possibility happening because they put the Broncos as one of those teams. And you can get in on that right now over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And also, you can get in on 56-1 to 1 odds because they're celebrating Super Bowl 56 this year with 56-1 to 1 odds on this weekend's games. You place a $5 bet on either of the two games this week on one of the teams to win. And if that team wins, you get two or five, 200 and eighty dollars in free bets. That's a great way to start your account. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. And of course, must be twenty-one or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one 4700 Also, shout out to our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group. I don't know about you, but Nathaniel Hackett's had me smiling mm. all day. And if you're smiling because of Nathaniel Hackett, then you probably want to hit up our friends to make sure your smile is as beautiful as it can possibly be. Uh, so when you head down to Green Mountain Dental Group and you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam, they'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. So when you're not in their office, you can still take great care of your pearly whites. Um, so hit up our friends down there. Uh, you know, they're big Colorado sports fans. They're big DNVR supporters. And so supporting them is also supporting us. And got to give a shout out to everyone again for supporting us in this chat, uh, in the Twitter, Twitter sphere. I really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. And Ryan, should we jump and talk to some of those people that are supporting us? One last thing I want to ask of you guys. It's been a while since we got an iTunes Ooh, review. Yes. Um, so whether you're listening here on YouTube or if you're hearing the show uh, in podcast form, as I know a lot of you guys are, we would love, love, love it if you popped over and hit us with a review on iTunes. We think we deserve a five-star, but hey, it's up to you guys. Yeah, uh, exactly. But you know, we, we, we'd really appreciate those five-star reviews. Uh, and pop over there. Yes, we're a little backlog. We haven't had one in a while, so yeah, I yeah. had to remind the people. All right, let's hop into these super chats and a couple questions. First one's from J-Day. I'm super excited he's calling plays. We don't need an OC for four years plus. Let's go. And this is something that you know, Bears fans are freaking out about right now. And it's something that I was warning about when Dan Quinn was the favorite to get yeah. this job is, look, you nail the OC hire. Yep. Your quarterback's humming. Yep. Now he's gone. 
Yep. And you're back to square one. And yeah, sure, you could use that formula and try and do it again. There's a chance that you just don't. And there's a chance that the relationship isn't right. And there's so many ch things you lose to chance. So if the Broncos get their quarterback of the future, they can know that they will be with this coach as long as those two keep winning. Yep, and uh, I really like Brandon Staley. He left the Rams as their defensive coordinator this past year. How does the Rams' defense look? How, how's that team doing right now? Not great. No, they're doing good. Oh, the defense? The, the, oh, well, the team. Okay. They're right back in it. Now, if they would have lost Sean McVay, you think they're you think they're playing in the conference championship? Oh, you're talking about the Rams. Right, sorry, right, right. I was yeah, thinking yeah, of the yeah. Chargers. No, no, no. Sorry. I, I was talking about the Rams. How's that defense looking? It looks fantastic. It looks really good. And how's that team looking, even without a very good coach on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, great. So how would they be without Sean McVay? Lost. Yes, exactly. So, so that's my point here. And sorry to, sorry to, to no, bring it up. No, you in said a Brandon Staley, yeah, and yeah, I started yeah. thinking. Uh, it, but that's what I mean is if the Broncos, let's say Aviro comes here and does very, very well, uh, and they lose him, it would stink, but it's okay. You, you can still go on. If you lose the offensive guy, man, that's going to hurt a lot more. So great, great point, J-Day. It's very clear that in 2022 – the offensive coaches are way more valuable than the defensive coaches. Without a doubt. And that doesn't mean that defense isn't as valuable. There's just so much more that an offensive coach can do yep. than a defensive coach can do. Yep. All right, let's go on to the next super chat here. Allie. What? Let's go on to the next super chat here uh, from Willie. Loved the presser, but the best part of the day was the DNVR family defending our boy <laughs> and dunking on that fool. I agree. Let's uh, move on. <laughs> thank you, Willie. I appreciate you. All right, let's go to the next super chat from Steven. Five bucks for Zach Stevens not being a clown. Love y'all. In all caps, too. I love you, Steven. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate That's it. That's epic. Edward Keating, Hackett uh, show more, showed more energy in one press conference than Vic did in three years. So ready. Based on Peyton's take, we are not getting Rogers. Thanks, guys. I would not read into that at all. No, absolutely not, as uh, he may say. Yes. Do you believe what he said? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely not. not. <laughs> Although I do believe that it wasn't a package deal. Right, right. That doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean that they're not going to try for Aaron Rodgers. Amen. All right, is that all the Super Chats? Yes, you guys get an extra six minutes. All right, we got... Let's go. Thanks. Let's Thanks, go. Thanks, guys. All right, we got... <laughs> yeah, we'll get you at six minutes later. Uh, all right, you want to uh, get us rolling? First one coming in from PS2 says, Hey, guys, I'm I'm glad we have finally an offensive head coach and a chance at getting Rodgers. If we do not get Rodgers, it will be interesting to see what they do for quarterback. Hackett was part of the Packers organization when they were very interested in Locke. Do you guys think we will get or do you guys think we will get it if we don't get Rodgers? Or who do you guys think we'll get if we don't get Rodgers? What I'll say is in a, in a side conversation that, that I had with Hackett, one of the things that he made clear is you do whatever you can do to get a quarterback and I love that so refreshing to hear Ryan and it's so true yeah you bend over backwards you give the picks you give the players you do anything you can to make sure you get your quarterback now maybe not in the draft you got to be more calculated there because it's such a higher risk but speaking of that George Payton did confirm um, that he plans to be at the senior bowl this next yeah. week DNVR will also be at the Senior Bowl yep. this next week. We will have our eyes glued to the quarterbacks, probably even more than George Payton will. He'll be looking all <laughs> yeah. over the field. I will be glued on the quarterbacks, trying to see if the next guy is on that field for the Denver Broncos, and, and that's going to be really exciting. So that'll play a part of it. Um, but I think uh, – I don't I don't know. Drew or Nathaniel Hackett said something about – quarterback today and he said some he just slipped in there like yeah you know whoever we bring in or something like that which alluded to me that he's not necessarily thrilled with the guys on the roster yeah I, I completely agree with you there S super quick side note did you hear Ian Rappaport on the Pat McAfee show today no he uh, was they asked him what would a trade for Rodgers look like does he go to them do they go to him and uh, Rappaport started talking about it for about a minute and a half straight and out of nowhere he said one team and one team only. He said, and you know, when the Broncos say, here's a couple of first round picks, they're going to say, well, we want more. And the Broncos are going to say, okay, we'll give you more. And, but what was interesting about that wasn't what he was saying, but he used the Broncos. And mm -hmm. it's not like he said, let me use an example of the Broncos. It's like he kind of knows something's going to be happening. Also, speaking of things George Payton said today, 
He went out of his way to give so much praise to the Packers organization yeah. Yeah. for their role yeah. in helping them or allowing them yeah. to hire Nathaniel Hackett. I didn't think that was an accident at all. Mm, that's a great point. The relationships are good between the two teams right now. It is. And, you know, I saw a Packers fan saying, George Payton wants to be the Packers so bad. And I thought to myself, well, he was in Minnesota where in a division that's yeah. run by the Packers all those years. So I'm sure he does, you know, think the Packers are a well-run organization. Abs absolutely. That's why he just grabbed Nathaniel Hackett and he hopes to grab their quarterback too. From Bronco Oilers, with uh, George Payton and Nathaniel Hackett running the show, I couldn't be more excited about the identity and vibes around the leadership of this team. Love that. Uh, I hope the energy makes its way to the players and ultimately onto the field. You see things like Club Dub in Chicago and the Boombox guy in San Francisco, and you can't help but miss having some juice and swagger in our program. Also really interested to know what this offense will look like schematically. He's seen, the Shanahan, he's seen as a Shanahan tree guy, uh, but the offense Hackett actually runs is an updated version of the up-temple no-huddle K-Gun from the 90s Bills, not the Shanahan LaFleur West Coast offense. The football nerd in me can't wait to see if Hackett blends in the elements of both schemes and runs his K-Gun variant. I think you're going to see all of it, Yep, all of it in, in his playbook. And I think it'll be a, a dense and diverse playbook. Absolutely. Next one from Shaggy McLovin the third. Hey, just saw something that says if you hire a minority coach, they must give or you must give that team third round draft picks. Wouldn't this hurt more minority leaders in getting the position? I feel like this goes in the opposite direction they were planning. If you know what he's talking I, about? I think I know what Shaggy McLovin is saying. You don't have to give anyone. What happens is if you hire a minority coach, I believe it's definitely a head coach, maybe even um, coordinator, coordinator position too. The NFL gives that team a uh, compensatory, a, a compensatory pick. pick. So you don't, the, no team is losing a yeah, compensatory yeah. pick. Yeah, definitely just a misunderstanding there. Uh, Orange crushing it. So stoked they finally hired a guy who can actually hack it as an NFL coach, pun intended. <laughs> nice. Uh, all jokes aside, is it a foregone conclusion that Drew Locke is off the team this year? Obviously, if Rodgers comes in, as, uh, he's the guy. But if this draft class is as bad as it sounds, I'd be interested to see what Hackett can do uh, to correct Drew's career. Seeing what the Giants did this week about Daniel Jones hit close to home with the Locke era, this team has done everything to set him up to fail. It'd be nice to find out if he's got any potential before he's in another uniform. Either way, I believe the season will be different. So refreshing to listen to Hackett pressers and hear about his philosophy. Thanks for all you guys do. The question was, is it foregone that Drew Locke will be off the team? No. No, no absolutely. He's under contract for cheap for one more year. Um, I do expect them to make a big move to bring someone else in. Doesn't mean Drew can't be the backup. But I, right now, I'd be very surprised if he's a starter. And Aaron Rodgers with Drew Locke as his backup makes sense. Sure, absolutely. Unless he goes in the trade. Right, exactly, which you may. Yep. Next one, from mile high till I die. With the hiring of Hackett now official, I'm sure there will be a ton of speculation as to who his staff and coordinators will be. Nobody will truly know until, he hire, until the hires are complete, but any idea of how long it will take to get a staff in place? How long does it normally take for a coaching staff to get hired? Well, one of the guys that, that we've talked about, the favorite, uh, Vero from the Rams, he's our secondary coach and pass game coordinator. He's still in the playoffs right now. So if the Rams win this week, they could interview him, but in terms of uh, hiring him, that's that would wait a couple of weeks. So this is something where I don't expect to know all of these things by Monday. It's, it's going to take a little bit of time, but that's in terms of an official thing. Backdoor stuff's already happening. Right. What's interesting is like going back to the Fangio hire. Remember, it was like that day we expected to learn that Gary Kubiak was the yeah. offensive coordinator. <laughs> yeah. And then everything changed. And I always wondered, like, would it have been different if that had happened? Mm. We'll never know. We won't. We'll never know. Uh, but I think that is going to have to wrap it up for us as we are short on time here. Um, again, got an Avs pregame show coming up, Nuggets yep. pregame show coming up. Stay here. Hang out at the bar if you got nothing to do tonight or if you have good things to do that aren't as good as that. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, come down for the Goaties tomorrow. Um, but we'll be back with you guys on Monday. And then, again, reminder, we will be down at the Senior Bowl. So stay tuned for us all next week for in-depth breakdowns of the quarterbacks and the other standouts down there in Mobile. It's been a great week. Appreciate everyone for tuning in, having our backs. And again, hit us with that iTunes review. Really we'll catch you guys it. later on the DNVR Broncos podcast.
Take you 